0: Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report, live sort of from Studio B. Here's Sean Kelly.
1: How goes it? Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hope this finds you well. You're you're halfway home, and the home stand, by the way, for the Pelicans ends tonight. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, and welcome into our Smoothie King Center Studios, where we will originate from later on tonight when the Pelicans. Take on the Toronto Raptors at Smoothie King Center, and uh, the Pelicans tonight can go for a ho- four and two home stand. That'd be awfully nice, and you get them two games above five hundred at home as well before they take on the Atlanta Hawks uh, in Atlanta on Friday. Yeah, it's been pretty good so far on this home stand, no doubt. And the Pelicans have been ultra good against the East, sixteen and ten after the overtime win over the Celtics on Sunday. And uh, one has to wonder what will Anthony Davis do tonight after his historic performance on Sunday here in this building. Uh, speaking of Mr. Davis, we will chat with the Pelicans assistant coach most that works most directly with him. That's Kevin Hanson. We thought after what we've been watching here with Mr. Davis, we'd get the thoughts of Kevin Hanson today on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, as we mentioned, it's Wednesday. That means it's a Wesley day, and so David Wesley will stop by a little bit later in the program. We'll catch up with David, a couple of NBA questions for him, and a preview of tonight's game Against the Raptors, the NCAA tournament got underway last night. Congratulations to Albany and uh, producer Dan. I think those are the Danes, right? I don't know if they're the Fighting Great Danes or the Golden Great Danes or the Great Danes. Uh, they were winners last night. Uh, they are in the uh, field of 64 now for the first time ever. Um, and, you know, they're already in this. This whole new format just drives me nuts, but. They win last night, so congratulations to them. We're going to hit the NCAA tournament stuff hard tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Um, You may have already filled out your bracket and all that, but we'll try and give you some help maybe last minute tomorrow or give you some things to watch for in the tournament tomorrow uh, as well. That will be on the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. And who can forget the New Orleans Saints, huh? Even with March Madness here, they continue to make a lot of noise as they signed to two more guys yesterday. Good to see the re-signing of uh, free agent wide receiver Joseph Morgan. He'll be back in black and gold this summer and hopefully healthy, ready to go after that uh, injury he suffered last year during the uh, scrimmage uh, there during training camp. And then yesterday, kind of, well, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, but uh, things uh, change at the fullback position now for the Saints as they bring in former Tampa Bay Buccaneer uh, Eric Lorig. Uh, Very entertaining visit with Eric. Uh, I think we'll be one of the first to get the visit with him as a new member of the New Orleans Saints. So he's yours today on the Black and Blue Report as well. He, uh, by the way, comes to us from division rival Tampa Bay. So I'll ask him about how that goes. Uh, he's a Stanford guy, so I have a feeling that you'll find the interview to be um, a little different. And I'll even ask him about being uh, different as a Stanford player so we've got a couple of good things here for you on the black and blue report today hope you'll uh, follow us on twitter at black blue report or you can follow me on twitter at sean kelly live otherwise you can of course uh, find us so many different ways now both on the new uh, on your desktop at NewOrleansSaints.com, pelicans.com the two team apps or available still free on itunes Kevin Hansen, Pelican's assistant coach, David Wesley, and Eric Lorig on today's Black and Blue Report. We'll start with Saints Stuff and Mr. Lorig after our first timeout. I'm Pelican's forward, Jason Smith. Every day, one in six Louisiana households are at risk of hunger. I'm attorney Morris spark and every day, Second Harvest Food Bank helps thousands of our local neighbors in need. That's why I'm teaming up with the New Orleans Pelicans to ask you to join us in the fight against hunger. Text the word Pelicans to 80088 to join the Second Harvest Family, and you will also have a chance to win autographed Pelicans gear, floor seats to a game, and much more. Join us, because together we can solve hunger. All-Star
2: Anthony Davis and the Pelicans host some of the NBA's most exciting teams during this March homestand at the Smoothie King Center. Don't miss your only chance to see the NBA defending champion Miami Heat this Saturday night at 7 p.m. The Brooklyn Nets visit on Monday the 24th, followed by the L.A. Clippers on Wednesday the 26th and the Utah Jazz on Friday the 28th. Tickets for these All-Star Pack games are as low as $11. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get yours today.
0: Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report.
1: Well, as we mentioned at the top of the show, the Saints continued their business this week, signing two more. Yesterday to free agent contracts, they re-signed actually Joe Morgan, the wide receiver, so he'll be back in black and gold this summer. And then for the first time ever, we'll have Eric Lorick as a fullback and maybe an H-back and who knows what else. As he signs a free agent deal yesterday with the New Orleans Saints, it's our pleasure to have him for the first time on the Black and Blue Report as he joins us from, uh, I guess, home out in Southern California. Eric, good morning and welcome to the organization.
3: Yeah, Good morning and uh, thanks for having me, Houdat Nation.
1: No doubt. uh, You've got the Houdat already down. I guess, did you you know about Houdat just from being in the division with Tampa Bay or is that something you've had to, uh, I guess, learn up on?
3: Oh, yeah, I was well aware of it. Always, uh, you know, coming into New Orleans once a year, I always was fully aware of the Houdat Nation, loud and excited. Uh, you know, and of course, they have a pretty big uh, social media presence, so I've always been aware of it. Now I'm excited to be a part of it.
1: Eric, what's it like coming from a division rival like Tampa Bay to another division team?
3: You know, it's really exciting because I get to stay in my division which means I'm comfortable playing, you know, the teams within division, and it's um, it's really a pleasure to mm-hmm. come to the to the Saints, because from afar, I've really respected this organization, and, the, and to be a part of it, and to be a part of the next step for the organization, is something that really excites me.
1: No more hot home games in September for you.
3: <laughs> yeah, that dome, that dome is definitely an exciting place to play. You know, I'm from Southern California, so I'm a little spoiled with the weather, so to be able to play in the dome, uh, it's, it's,
1: a, it's a big positive for me. New uh, Saints fullback Eric Lorg is our guest here on the uh, Black and Blue Report. Eric, I kind of, I kind of made a joke there at the beginning about who knows where you'll play, but you, mm-hmm. you're a guy that's played all over the field. Uh, drafted originally as a defensive player, go back to Stanford. You actually, I think, didn't you start as an offensive player and then move to the defense?
3: yeah yeah you know what i have I have played all over the football field since high school and even in college i played uh, I played on both sides of the ball. I played tight end and defensive end kind of split my time there at Stanford and was drafted initially as a dN, but definitely had the potential to switch to the other side of the ball, which ended up happening. and uh, once that happened, I just uh, took advantage of my opportunity and ran with it and uh, you know it's, it's just uh, it's all come together today.
1: All right, so here's what I know about you. You're you're a oh, an elite run blocker and have led the way for a couple of nice guys over there at Tampa Bay. Um, that is a thankless job, to say the least. Why have you embraced it so much?
3: Well, there's a couple reasons. One is uh, I really do take a lot of pleasure in the physical part of football. You know, a lot of people – that the game isn't as physical as it used to but I still think it's there if you really look and um, it's really important to me to take a lot of pride in in physical run blocking whether that's from the fullback position or up on the line scrimmage uh, it's definitely something I think about on a daily basis about getting better at and and also you know you have to make it into an art you know a lot of people think uh, the fullback position or blocking is just sort of you know catching up your aggression and you know, kind of attacking the defender as much as you can, but that's, that's that's the opposite. You gotta have, you gotta make it an art, and you have to make it a craft, and that to work on it every day is is really an exciting, fun thing to do for me.
1: At six foot four, are you the tallest fullback in the NFL? I don't have the numbers on that, but that would seem like that would be a distinct possibility.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it, I think it's possible. You know, some NFL teams use the use the tight ends also as their fullbacks. So when it comes to that category, maybe uh, you know, maybe I'm kind of in in the middle, but definitely as a true fullback, I believe I am the tallest one.
1: What else do you like to do on the football field? Because Sean Payton's one of those guys that if he sees something, he may use you in a way that maybe you've never even dreamed of.
3: You know, I like doing everything. I really do. I really like even taking pride in being able to do everything. Uh, you know, catching balls, running routes, running, running routes into the flats, stretching the field, pass protecting. I mean, really anything I can do to help an offense, I, I will try to do, and I will do it. it it's just something that I've always I've always really put a lot of effort into.
1: Tell me about the free agent process and why you chose the New Orleans Saints. You had choices, right?
3: Oh uh, yeah, the free agent process was was really interesting. Um, I just sort of, you know didn't didn't really think about it until everything started to uh, to come to the surface. and I think that was the best way to go about it. I kind of enjoyed my first month and a half off from the season uh relaxed and then once everything started brewing up I started to you know start thinking about football again and with everything said and done the, the Saints organization was, was the best fit and the Saints organization was uh, was a great place for me and that's how I ended up here.
1: Eric Loring with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Eric don't take this the wrong way. Stanford guys are different. Why is that?
3: Uh you know, yeah there is that stigma out there. Um you know i'm not really sure i think i think they uh, they end up being different because i think the stanford the stanford guy if you will is is all about being you know being the best that he can be at all time you know no matter what the situation uh, whether that's football whether that's training you know i like to keep it in the athletic sphere you know no one really knows that stanford is actually the it's you know it's a good institution but it's, the last 16 years it's the best athletic department in the country every single sport and people you know sometimes forget that but overall it's the best athletic department so I think at the end of the day people look at Stanford guys and and they should realize that they just want to be the best at everything on the field everything in the uh, in the gym everything uh, practice just 100% perfect all the time
1: I feel like I just—I I feel like I just set you up for the easiest Stanford propaganda uh, moment of your life. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> it, it's true, though. You know, you also, Eric, strike me as a guy that likes to do a lot of other things other than play football. Is that the case?
3: Um, you know, no, no, I wouldn't—I wouldn't say that. I—I I was really excited to even get, you know, kind of get out of college because, uh, you know, just
1: yeah, you know, there was a lot
3: of. A lot of stuff we had to do besides football so once we got out of that we just got to focus on football and you know for the last four years i've been fortunate enough to just think about training and you know i love training and different you know styles of training like yoga pilates you know, olympic lifting i like to blend it all together uh so i spend a lot of the off season doing that and With my vacation time, when we get off, you know, I like to travel. So one thing I like to do is I like to, you know, I like to travel and do outdoor kind of activities like, you know, I just got back from uh, hiking uh, Machu Picchu in Peru, and that was uh, was a really big deal for me. Something I want to do for a long time.
1: Well, see, there you go. You said you're just football, but that seems pretty worldly to me, so... Eric, what what thoughts have you had, and, and maybe and, and maybe a fair answer here is I haven't had any, but what thoughts have you had about sharing a backfield with the likes of Pierre Thomas, Mark Ingram, uh, Cadet, Breeze, that group?
3: That's awesome. I mean, that's an elite that's an elite backfield, what you just said, and uh, to be a part of that, and I can't wait to get on rhythm with them. You know, I want to be day one of those TAs, I want to be on rhythm. Um, that's that's what I want. That's what I want to be. And, I want to be fluid back there and help out in any way possible I can.
1: How soon can we see you see you in New Orleans, Eric?
3: You know what? I was just there a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was there. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be there pretty soon, you know, checking it out. I don't know much about the city. I've only been in there, you know, once a year and never had time to, to check out the city. But I've, I've heard this is one of the greatest cities in the world. So I'm really excited about, about checking it out.
1: Well, one thing I've learned about this city is, as long as you know what that means and you jump in with yeah. both feet, they're gonna they're gonna love you here, Eric. Oh,
3: that, that's easy then. That's uh, easy. I do that already.
1: Well, I appreciate the time. You had your coffee and your training already, right? Yeah,
3: I got my coffee down. You get me excited here.
1: <laughs> so, coffee's done, training's done, this interview's done. The rest of the day is cake, right? <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you, Eric, and we're looking forward to seeing you here in black and gold. All right,
3: sounds good. Nice to
1: meet you all. Yep, Saints fullback Eric Loring signing a four-year deal yesterday with the New Orleans Saints. He joins us from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and prior to that, the Stanford Cardinals. We'll be back with more on this edition of the Black and Blue Report after this.
0: Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine wine. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home.
1: Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org.
0: He has as many Twitter followers as Justin Bieber. It's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Great visit with Eric Lorig, Lorig, the uh, new Saints fullback, here on Black and Blue Report. Still to come, Kevin Hansen, Pelicans assistant coach. We'll talk to him about Anthony Davis and a number of other topics. But as promised, here on Wednesday, or should I say Wesley Day, uh, David Wesley stops by via the telephone today, as he joins us here at the Smoothie King Center. Uh, on the horn, as they say, David. Good morning.
3: Hey, hey, good morning. Glad to be here. Good. I mean there. I mean around a y-
1: lot. Yes. Did you fill out a bracket, by the way?
3: I, I didn't. I'm not. I'm not a big bracket guy. I, I probably should have. Uh, I think. I think guessing has as good a chance to win as knowing what you're doing. So.
1: So you're not going to go after the billion dollars that Warren Buffett and all them are putting up, right?
3: Uh, no, I, I I would be surprised if anybody wins that. No, I, you nobody. know, the, the, the small amount of basketball that I've watched, it seems like a lot of teams, ranked teams, are getting beat at home by non-ranked teams. I think that's going to come into play huge when they're playing, you know, cross-conferences in the in the NCAA. And I think a lot it's going to be a lot of upsets this year.
1: Oh, I think it'll be wild. There's no doubt about that. And I wouldn't venture to say that I – I'm an expert on. I've probably watched less college basketball this year than I ever have, and I, I guess that's because I'm watching more and more NBA stuff. But I just, I just haven't been dialed in, shall we say, on college basketball.
3: Yeah, and I've paid attention more, but I still haven't really watched a whole lot. Like I'll check out scores and, and things like that, see how Baylor's doing. Um, but other than that, I, I don't, I don't really watch college basketball a lot.
1: I, I will still watch the tournament, though. And you and I and John uh, discussed the other night that, you know, Thursday we get to Atlanta to play there Friday, and Thursday night uh, dinner and watching games would be a, a fun way to go about it. So while I sit here and I kind of – I don't want to say pour a little water on the tournament here, I'm still going to watch.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch, too. Okay. Yeah, All my, right. my mom may join
1: us. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Mom's in South Carolina, right? Okay. So
3: it's uh, about a two-hour drive to uh, Atlanta for her.
1: Well, good. Now that now that everybody listening knows exactly what we're going to do and who we'll be with on Thursday night.
3: <laughs> Hopefully there are no like, hackers out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let,
1: let's talk about tonight. One can't help but wonder what Anthony Davis is going to do next. And maybe that's my favorite thing about the final 16 games, starting with tonight against Toronto.
3: It, it's It's fun for all of us you know, especially doing what we do, uh, for him to come out each and every night um, and dazzle us, uh, you know, breaking records, franchise records, setting new highs, uh, being the first in 20 years to do certain things, and uh, the youngest player, um, the third youngest player, to have a 40-and-20 night, I mean, who knows what his next thing is going to be? Blocking shots like crazy. He's still at 2.9. I need him to get four or five tonight. Going to get it over three um, so that he can have that, that 20 10 and, and, and three blocks uh, thing. So I, I think it's just amazing. Uh, it's almost scary. Where do you go from here? You know, you start looking into his future. How do you grasp this again? I mean, if he goes and does this again next year or the year after. You know, can he keep this pace up? It's it's an incredible pace.
1: Do you think um a triple double is the next thing? What's next?
3: Uh I I, I think so. I, and and that'll come more when he starts uh demanding the ball, dominating the ball a little bit more, uh being more assertive in in scoring, as well as uh, you know, at some point somebody's gonna say, We need to double it. And not just, not just uh, you know load up the box, which means when he's on the wing, somebody comes completely across the lane and standing on the the, the other side. So loading up the box is kind of like you know uh, you know a really good NFL runner, and they're putting all their run stoppers in the middle of the field, and and you have to throw it. So uh, that's when his assists will start coming when he starts posting a little more often. Um, Otherwise, you'll have to get ten blocks, which doesn't seem impossible for him
1: no, no, I don't think so either um then again, I can't think of what is impossible for him right now is, is are we overblowing this or are we watching the start of a superstar hall of fame type career are we am I being over dramatic in saying that
3: i don't I don't think so i i I think a lot of times in the media we want to hand a guy the, the keys to the car before, you know, before he learns how to drive. But in this case, I, I think you, you see what he's, what he's capable of. And as long as he can stay healthy and stay driven, there's a lot of distractions in today's world. Uh, you know, in the fifties, you know, if you play basketball, that's all you wanted to do. You know, that's, that's main focus, you know, then you start getting to to the seventies and, you know, maybe there's a little more and more parties and more things like that. You get in the eighties and nineties, you know, even more parties, more attention, more media, more time to read about yourself and Google yourself. And, you know, and nowadays, I mean, there's just so much to distract you from, from focusing on your job. If you can keep that focus. there is no reason, and and of course, say healthy, there's no reason why he's not Hall of Fame career uh, doing this pretty much every year.
1: But we're talking to be in that club, he'd have to do what he's doing right now for realistically, what, 13, 14 years? Oh, uh, 13,
3: uh, 13 years is plenty. Even if he did it for 11 years, that'd be plenty. Okay. Because if he's putting up these kind of numbers, they're gonna and and if he continues to put up these kind of numbers, there's no way at some point he wouldn't be an MVP. That would help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would think that if they got the right people around him, that you know he could challenge for a, a championship some year. That would help. Um, but yeah, I think he I think he could.
1: When you put it for like sure. that, when you put it like that, though, Dub, uh, maybe I am being a little premature here. I mean, those are. Those are really, really up there. MVP, championship contention. I mean, that's 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 not. Hey, I'm really good on a on a non playoff team. You know what I mean?
3: Well, again, a lot of these things are going to play a part. Uh, obviously, um, what kind of free agents, what kind of drafts can the Pelicans bring in here around him? Will he stay here? Will his Hall of Fame career? Start and finish here, kind of like a Tim Duncan. Um, all that, all that plays a major part on on what he does. The guys around him uh, certainly play a part. I mean, it's it, it's definitely um, it's fun to talk about, but there's a lot of unknowns. But I don't see why not with his with his ability.
1: David Wesley here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Hey David, a quick thought on Tyreek Evans. Give me something here in seven tries starts. That is, um, he's plus nine point two points per game over his season average. Why?
3: Well, I, I, I think it, it has a lot to do with uh, when you're when you when you're in your comfort zone, you play better. His comfort zone is being in the starting lineup, and um. It, even though he dominates the ball, he hasn't really dominated the ball to where they don't run offense like I thought. He really kind of gets people involved. His, his assists are uh, around six or seven, which is which is a really good number. Uh, his rebounds around six or seven in his starts, uh, are, is a, which is a really good number, and um, he, he just feels a lot more comfortable. He, he doesn't have to rush, and I think one of the comments he made is he felt like as soon as he got in, he had to do something. And that's a different kind of pressure as opposed to, I'm going to feel my way in, and you know, you may get two or three trips up and down the court and then go to work. Whereas before, I think he felt like as soon as he got in, give me the ball. I'm running in here trying to make something happen. So, uh, I, I think he's really kind of settled into this starting role really nicely and you know, maybe answer some of the question for the Pelicans in, you know, do we have a starting three, uh, starting three as opposed to um, we need to get one.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Um, You and Joel tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans, 7 o'clock tip-off, 6.30 pregame. Uh, What do you want fans to know about Pelicans versus Raptors tonight?
3: Well, the, the Raptors have won five of the last meetings the the uh, the pelicans have three teams that are above 500 against three Eastern conference teams that are above 500 there's only four but they have three coming up to play in Brooklyn Toronto and Miami all over 500 versus the Western Conference so a nice stretch of basketball for the pelicans to to find a way to, to you know beat somebody significant and, and eleven of their last sixteen are playoff teams. So um Pelicans can really play the spoiler and, and really go out and continue to do some good things. I, I think they've 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 really kind of done a, a pretty good job of, of just kind of staying with it, you know? Uh, a lot of teams at this point with no playoff hopes Might pack in, you know, not show up to work, and I I think they've done a pretty good job of finding whatever that is for you, you know, winning games, personal reasons, uh, you know, just being professional, found ways to come out and and work every night, and uh, you have to admire that.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Good stuff. Hey, uh, by the way, real quick, uh, Toronto holding down the third seed in the East, by the way, David, if they were in the West, they'd be out of the playoffs right now.
3: Oh God, yes. I, you know, when I saw the record, and and then I and I was saying, uh, oh, they're not, they're not, they're not playing very well. I mean, they're they're better, but maybe they fell off. So I went back and I started checking third. They're leading the division. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not just not just third in the playoff season. They're leading the division.
1: At thirty-seven and twenty-nine. The close. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's impressive. Have a great West of uh, West. Have a great West of your <laughs> wa- Wesley Wabbit. Have a great rest of your Wesley Wednesday.
3: Oh, absolutely. Look forward to getting to the gym, getting ready for tonight.
1: I will see you there, sir. All right. You got it. David Wesley with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Coming up next, we'll talk with Pelicans assistant coach Kevin Hansen as we continue here on a Pelicans day, game day. Right back after this.
2: There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level, and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300 with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Buy NBA League Pass and watch the race to the playoffs wherever you want.
1: Goal, up and in!
2: Curry jumper. Yeah! You'll get live NBA games on your TV, computer, tablet, and phone.
0: Oh, yeah, BG!
2: Watch the incredible action anywhere. Buy NBA League Pass for the lowest price of the season. To order now, call 855-NBA-LPLP, contact your service provider, or go to nba.com slash league pass.
0: It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: Our show today continues from the Smoothie King Center studios where the Pelicans tonight welcome in the Toronto Raptors. And a lot of conversation about tonight's ball game and a lot of conversation this week about Anthony Davis and what he's been doing but now kind of exploding here in these last stretch of games. So with that we brought in Pelicans assistant coach Kevin Hansen with us today. Glad you could stop by the studio. Welcome to the uh, the palatial digs here of the Smoothie King Center studios today.
4: Thanks, it's good to be here.
1: Shoot around was good? It was a good shoot around, yeah. We've been talking a lot about Davis, you know, and and, and what what happened the other night was I, I don't know. Nothing surprises me about the guy, but how can you not I guess take a step back and appreciate 40 and 20 like that. And it's just stacked on top of um, six straight now with 28 plus. I get asked all the time, what's the difference between Anthony Davis year one and year two? And I've probably given six different answers. None of them are probably complete. So I'll ask you the same question I ask a lot of people, and that is I just throw it back at you here. In your eyes, what's different about Anthony in year two? Uh, Confidence is probably number one. You know, I think he understands uh,
4: that he really belongs in in this league as a star um, and a superstar in the making. Um, So confidence being, you know, if he misses a shot, it's not going to affect him with his next shot. He's going to keep attacking and keep being aggressive. Whereas in year one, he'd miss a shot and it would affect him. It might be a couple plays before he took another one or felt comfortable. Maybe he needed a layup or a dunk off, off of a drive before he took another shot. Whereas this year, I think he understands how much better he got in the summer of the work he put in. Now he feels confident in the, in the work that he's done. So I think that's number one. Number two, the game slowing down for him. You know, you know, we, always, we always say that, especially with big guys. You know, Game, it, it's so fast for big guys. they got to make multiple efforts, multiple plays. The game is slowing down. He's kind of playing the game at his own pace, you know, instead of being rushed to play at a pace he's not comfortable with. He's letting letting everything settle, and now he's making decisions. So.
1: All the assistant coaches have a heavy hand in, the, in what Coach calls PD, or player development, the player development program. But specifically for you, um, you probably spend more time with Anthony than anybody else. Is that fair to say?
4: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Carlos, Carlos Daniel and myself, we spend – the most time with a d of anybody in the organization,
1: what do you have to push him on why do you How do you make him better at this stage, even when he's putting up games like he's been putting up
4: I mean, we just got to continue to improve on things that he's not comfortable doing um, namely you know kind of attacking and getting through contact you know he he still struggles at times with contact, you know, the way teams are playing them now is they'll just slide with them and, and try to meet him to a spot where he has to drive through contact. So things like that, getting him used to playing through contact, uh, Carlos, you know, is, is really important in that strength development, um, you know, developing counters to all this stuff, you know, it's just always pushing to read the game in a, in a, in a new way, you know, whereas... A team's playing you a new way. You know, he, he saw that against, uh, against Memphis when they put Tayshaun Prince on him, and now he's playing against a four and a five on the backside. You know, he's got he's to adjust to that, and at times you've got to trust your teammates in that regard.
1: Take me through um, a workout with him.
4: Well, okay, during the season it's all, it's all a bit different. Okay. Because a lot of it's maintenance, a lot of it's shot maintenance making sure that his shooting's consistent. Um, and that's been huge for him because shooting opens up everything. Your ability to shoot, now you can drive. Mm-hmm. Now you can make plays in the post. He likes to face up and drive. So, you know, a lot of what we start with is just one-hand shooting, you know, just, just to work on his mechanics, um, make sure his slotting's good. So from his where he catches to his release point, making sure that's all clean, coming off his hand the right way. So we'll start with that, and then we'll get into just regular shooting repetition repetition you know we might go uh, one dribble moves and then counters to that and then uh, you know if we have time we'll, we'll, we'll start working in the post um, and you know we'll go through his go-to moves you know get to his jump hook get to a turnaround get to a counter off that you know summertime's really where we do our, our majority of the you know adding stuff to his game
1: okay Sometimes in games, I watch him, and he looks like um, a runaway tornado. He will shoot the, it's seemingly the wrong hand on the wrong side of the basket, twisting to the other side, halfway around. Just mechanically, it looks strange, yeah. but he scores the ball. Yeah, do, you, do you sit there and cringe, or do you just, hey, whatever works, man? You know,
4: it's just like you, you can't teach feel, and he's got an incredible feel and touch. Um, so, uh, you know, like in high school basketball, you're taught to, you know, jump off the left foot and finish with your right hand. In the NBA, there's really no right way to do it. You just kind of got to do it. And cer- certain guys just have some unorthodox parts of their game, you know, that you just got to gotta d- develop that even more and just adjust to it. Like I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't teach that to Jeff Withey.
1: Right. I don't, even, I don't even know if you could. You can't. No. You can't. Uh, and that's not saying anything bad about Jeff. No. It's just that it is what it is. Yeah. You mentioned the summertime. All right, so – and I know we're not done with this yet, but let's say we're almost to summertime now. If there were one or two things you could help Anthony add to his game or that you feel is absolutely necessary in this next off season, what would that be for him?
4: Well, I think continuing with his post-work um, – you know, he's very comfortable facing up right now. He's not as comfortable with his back to the basket. And rightfully so. I mean, the league, you know, they allow you to have two hands on, on a player's back in the post. But if you face up, you can't touch him. So when he faces up, it's to his advantage. He can drive by guys. So one aspect of that, we got to develop counters to that. And we, he knows his counters. He's just not as comfortable with them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, So we just got to rep that out, get a lot of repetition with that. But also playing with his back to the basket, you know, developing more of a, uh, you know, a a typical postman game, um, you know, Tim Duncan, those kind of guys, where you're getting to your jump hook, you're getting to your turnaround, maybe a spin move. So we just got to get him more comfortable with that. And, you know, developing his body will help that, um, you know, just naturally putting on more weight. He's also got to get a little bit more comfortable putting the ball down multiple times. So if somebody closes him out right now, he's kind of a one-dribble guy. He'll, he'll take one dribble and attack. Well now we, we want to add multiple dribbles to his game, K- kind of similar to what Chris Bosch is doing now. Okay. Where someone closes him out, he's comfortable putting it down a couple, two, three times and making it whatever plays there, whether it's a shot, whether it's a pass to a teammate. So just kind of developing his overall – game in that regard where he's he's almost like a guard in that in that sense
1: yeah uh, and it's interesting because that'll be that'll bring a whole new set of counters for his defenders Absolutely. you know I've heard us talk about not us but you guys talk about okay so and so is in the low post if he bounces once we're good he puts that ball down a second time we're gonna either dig or whatever you know they're keying on a new part of his game right and that'll bring a whole other set of Things for him. Who, who right now would you say guards him the best or gives him the most problems? Because at the moment he seems unguardable, and I know that's not the case. That's a good question.
4: You know who actually gives him a hard time is Patrick Patterson, who I, I believe's out tonight. Mm-hmm. But you know he's he's just kind of a guy that is strong and can slide with AD for a step, and then just get get big at the at the finish. And those are guys that have kind of given him problems, um, guys that kind of just get into his, into his stuff and, and make, it, make, make him put it down where he's not
1: comfortable. Okay, that's fair. Um, he has the sixth most free throw attempts in the NBA since the All-Star break. The cynical Sean Kelly wants to say, because he's achieved All-Star status, he's getting more calls. Um, whether or not you agree with that school of thought uh, is there something more to that, and why he's been able to get to the line more, say, uh, post All-Star as opposed to pre All-Star?
4: Well, I mean, I'd say he's been more aggressive, but I, you know, it's about the same. He, his shot attempts are up, I mm-hmm. believe, as well. Um, that 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 changes things. But I th- I think I think he's getting smarter. I think he's he's understanding the, w- the way people are defending him. I mean, he had a play the other night where he went one dribble, shot faked, and got it got somebody up. And then drew the foul. I don't think we've seen that from him.
1: Mm-mm, no, you're right. That's so, new.
4: So, you know, I think he's he's getting a lot smarter in the way guys are defending
1: him. That's that's uh, okay. I like your answer better. That's <laughs> less cynical that way. Pelicans assistant <laughs> coach Kevin Hansen with us on the black and blue report. Um, I want our fans to get to know you a little bit more. Um, you're 6'10. 6'10, yeah. 6'10. Um, where did you play? I don't think many people really know your background pre-Pelicans coaching.
4: Okay, I went to school at the University of San Diego, played four years there for the Toreros, and then uh, I spent a year coaching uh, at my high school my first year out of college and then realized I wanted to keep playing and uh, went to Argentina for a year, didn't really enjoy that experience, and then gave it one more go and went to Germany and loved it, loved it in Germany. Spent four years in Germany, and just had an unbelievable experience there. Um, you know, then I, I my last year there, I hurt my back, and just kind of decided I wa- kind of wanted to see where where else I can go in basketball. And that's when I got on with the Spurs uh, initially in the video room. So I was I was an assistant video coordinator there, also doing player development with uh, Chad Forsier and Chip England, who mm-hmm. were just unbelievable mentors to me. And then uh, was there for three years, and learned a ton through you know Pop and Tim Duncan and just the, all the coaches that they have there, and just the system they have there. So,
1: and now you're kind of still playing in a sense because I'm watching you work with Anthony <laughs> and the other bigs, and you're just as physical as they are. Yeah, how's that back holding up?
4: Uh, it's 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 sore pretty much pretty <laughs> much every day, but you know I love it. I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can out there with the guys. Um, Hopefully until I'm, you know, maybe early 40s. We'll see. But, you know, I'm going to keep doing it now. I love I love getting out there with the guys. You know, still showing them I can beat them in one-on-one. That's fun for me.
1: Yeah, I, I, I've noticed the uh, the uh, m- modest amount of trash-talking that does go <laughs> on a little bit. I do enjoy that. Uh, not only do you seem comfortable with those things, you also seem comfortable in New Orleans. Um, every year you and I are talking about Jazz Fest and different things. You seem to be like a duck in water in this city. This seems, <laughs> this seems to suit your personality. Even though you're kind of a Cali guy at heart, this this seems to suit you a little bit.
4: Well, I think New Orleans is a very laid-back culture. And I'm from Huntington Beach, and it's extremely laid-back. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm just a laid-back guy at nature. And, you know, I love good food. Um, I love great music. So the music scene here is, is unreal. There's always great Musicians coming through, you know, I, I just saw um, Steve Miller Band a few weeks ago at Sanger Theater. That was great. I'd, I'd never been there. And just, you know, Jazz Fest is great. They always have a great lineup. Um, I'd like to be playing at that time, but. Uh, soon enough. Soon enough. Yes,
1: soon enough. You are playing tonight. Um, I'd be remiss if I let you get out of here without at least giving me a couple of points about tonight's bowl game with the Raptors. What do you think? Uh, well, their, their
4: guards are, are big in there. And fueling their team, so we got to We got to stop Lauer. We got to stop DeRozan and Ross. You know, g- just making sure our bigs are up, supporting, helping with with the um, with the guards so they can get back. You know, and then we got to rebound. They get they all all their bigs rebound. They're, they do all the dirty work. And uh, in Toronto, Tunis, they really you know did a number on the board. So we need everybody helping on the glass, guards included. You know, and then we just got to be aggressive. You know. Um, they don't have a lot of, s- a ton of size at the rim. So I think we can attack the rim.
1: All right. And maybe it'll be a four and two home stand, which Absolutely. would be awfully nice. Absolutely. Good to see you, sir. You too. Yep. I hope people get to know you a little bit more. Um, you're not into the whole social media thing, are you? No. No. Okay.
4: <laughs> I try to stay out of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know.
1: Um, very good. Appreciate it. Keep it up with Anthony and, uh, uh, who knows what he'll do next. And maybe that's the best part of watching 23 right now.
4: I, I told him we need a triple double
1: triple double okay that'd be a nice one to have absolutely that's very possible over this next 16 games yeah yep okay very good i'm gonna watch for that brian roberts said he wanted to have double digit assists in the game it seems like each of the guys is picking something they want to accomplish in the final 16 i think that says a lot about those guys
4: yeah i think so too all right we got a good group
1: Kevin Hansen, Pelican's assistant coach, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue here on this, what is it, Producer Dan? Wednesday. On this Wednesday, right after this. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as
3: an Entergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Energy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today.
1: That's the power of people, Entergy. I'm Pelican's forward, Jason Smith. Every day, one in six Louisiana households are at risk of hunger. I'm attorney Morris Spark, and every day, Second Harvest Food Bank helps thousands of our local neighbors in need. That's why I'm teaming up with the New Orleans Pelicans to ask you to join us in the fight against hunger. Text the word pelicans to 80088 to join the Second Harvest Family and you will also have a chance to win autographed Pelicans gear, floor seats to a game and much more. Join us because together we can solve hunger.
0: He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly and this is the Black and Blue Report.
1: You know, Daniel and I were just talking during the break. Uh, You know, we talked about in the first segment the the Albany Great Danes and how great it is for them. They they have now an NCAA tournament win. But yet a team that was just a little bit better, that didn't have to play in the playing game, come tomorrow they could lose as a 16 versus a 1 or as a 15 versus a 2 and not have a tournament win. So... Who's getting rewarded here, the team that gets in the old-fashioned way or this play-in way, and then you can get a win and then a loss? But you can always say that, well, we have an NCAA tournament win. So at first I was like, yeah, why not? First four, first four or play-in round or whatever you want to call it, you know, great, we'll play the games in Dayton. I was all, I was all for that. But then Daniel just ruined the whole thing for me. So maybe I'm just kind of bummed. Then he brought up the fact that not only do we have the NIT, but we have the CBI now as well. So now college basketball has become like college football. If you have, like, uniforms and a personality, apparently you can play in the postseason. Anyway, just a little rant out of the break there. See what you did, Daniel? That wasn't supposed to be a part of today's black and blue report. Nonetheless, we will talk about NCAA tournament basketball tomorrow, and then we're going to effort a little bit later in the week Uh, to uh, talk about players playing in the NCAA tournament that may be ones to watch with regard to how this summer shakes out with the NBA draft. And we'll effort to have a guest about that uh, this week as well. Uh, Our thanks, let me get back on track here. Our thanks to Eric Lorig today, the new uh, Saints fullback, for being with us, David Wesley, and for Kevin Hanson too. Uh, Looking forward to uh, Pelicans-Raptors tonight at Smoothie King Center. Hope to see you on the radio at 7 Central tonight across the Pelicans radio network. Otherwise, Joel and David have it on television with pregame coverage starting at 6.30 on Fox Sports New Orleans. Uh, the Pelicans, as we mentioned at the top of the show, will be going for a winning homestand. They already have secured that, but now 4-2 and two is an awfully nice mark as they also continue a run through Eastern Conference teams that will continue with Atlanta on Friday and Miami right back here at home on Saturday night. All right, that'll do it for this Wednesday program, and we'll hope to see you back here tomorrow, anytime after noon central. We call it No Appointment Radio. It's the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly, and so long for just a while.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.